Recording from the Sunshine City, St. Petersburg, Florida, overlooking beautiful Tampa Bay, this is the Sonography Lounge, sponsored by Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute. This podcast is dedicated to medical professionals and patients around the world interested in diagnostic and interventional ultrasound. Our podcast will discuss everything ultrasound, from news, trends, career paths, new technology, and industry updates. Hosted by Lori Green and Tricia Rio of Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute, they bring over four decades of experience in the ultrasound profession and are here to guide you through this journey. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sonography Lounge podcast sponsored by Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute. My name is Lori Green, and I will be hosting today's episode along with Trisha Rio. Hi, everyone. We're excited to be here, and this episode is part of the Career Spotlight podcast series, which is designed to provide information from sonography professionals who have experienced working in one or more of the various career pathways and can share their personal experiences of different sonography roles, including the associated benefits and challenges. The other day, um, we had our episode where we highlighted a program director from a long-term education program, and today we're excited to speak with Melissa Osborne, who is a registered independent sonographer and also is a senior clinical specialist here at Gulf Coast Ultrasound. So welcome, Melissa. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, everybody. Awesome. So, Melissa, you've been a sonographer for many years, and you're registered in multiple specialty areas. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you decided to go into the sonography profession? Sure. Um, Well, basically, I grew up in New York State, and after I graduated high school, I came down here to Florida. My family lives down here. And um, I just started uh, college, general college, and kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And one of my classes required us to interview several people, several different occupations, and I interviewed um, a friend's brother-in-law who was an x-ray tech. So that's kind of started me out, and I was going to um, a college already that had x-ray as a choice, so I am an RT, that's what I I did first. Um, Basically for ultrasound, uh, what happened was they brought in ultrasound, CT, MRI to one of our classes, and just to give us an idea what you could do to specialize after x-ray. And um, my, one of my best friends and I decided, wow, you know, ultrasound sounds really interesting. And we applied for ultrasound school after that. We got accepted. It was exciting. Uh, at the time, there was a program where you could join a two-year program in their second year, and you got a certificate. So because we were RT or you could be an RN, Um, you could join them, but they only took um, six people, so it was kind of hard to get into. So it was exciting. We got in, and we spent the next year learning basically general ultrasound, and that's almost 30 years ago now. Wow. So abdominal and OBGYN. Yes, that was was the school, was what they Mm -hmm. were, um, and we learned learned a little bit of vascular there, Mm -hmm. but mainly that's what our registry, that's what we took after we graduated was Mm -hmm. OBGYN and abdomen. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, but you're also uh, registered in vascular and cardiac as well. I am. Um, basically, vascular, I learned on the job after I graduated and started my career. Um, I worked for several years. I started first at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. That was my first job out of uh, ultrasound school. And that was fantastic. That had a lot of interesting cases and um 
I ended up moving back towards the Tampa area to get married. And uh, I did start my career off really working in hospitals. Uh, I think that's necessary when you graduate because you need the experience. It's really hard to jump into being on your own unless you, you know, you need somebody to ask questions. You need a radiologist there just in case. So I did spend several years working at, in hospitals and um, taking call and doing all, you know, the things you usually do when you graduate. Um, then what happened was, and I was trying to think back how they found me, but I was offered for a great company that did mobile ultrasound at the time. And this is over 20 years ago, I guess. Um, so basically, when you did mobile back then, we actually had it so funny, like, to talk about it. But almost like a big, a big white van is what we drove. And we put our machine into onto this lift and we put it into the van. And so we at that time, you would go like one, you might have five stops a day, you might do one or two patients a day. And then you might go into nursing homes, it, it all varied, but it was more you traveled all day long. Nowadays, it's more people want to do more of a half a day or a whole day um, that they hire you for. But back then, we spent a lot of time, a lot of time driving. Um, so that was my first job. And what had happened was um, this company had contacted me. They had interviewed me. And one of their techs that was leaving decided that he wasn't going to leave. So he decided to, you know, to stay. So that kind of you know, pushed me out originally. Well, I was working in a hospital situ uh, situation, and one of the students told me that a clinic in another town was offering training to be an echo tech. So that was kind of going to be my next step to learn echo. So what happened is the, um, the company actually called me and then offered me another job and offered to train me in echo. So that kind of pushed me towards... Um, towards saying, yes, let, let me go ahead and do that. Let me, let me learn Echo, and I'll be triple, triple registered. Yeah, that's great. So in your experiences doing the mobile ultrasound, do you feel like that really helped with your um, confidence and your ability to move into a profession as an independent sonographer? Oh, yeah, for sure, um, because you're on your own. So like I said, I really wouldn't be able, to, wouldn't have been able to take this job when I first got out of school because you really are by yourself. And if you have a problem, you really have to be able to handle, um, you know, what you're doing. You have to know what you're looking at. And also, um, sometimes we would go and use different machines. So you have to be comfortable enough to walk in a few minutes early, look over a machine, and be able to, to do your studies. Whereas instead, if you're, you know, working in the hospital, you have the same machine you use every day. So you have to be comfortable with that. Um, and you have to be comfortable with with the traveling. Some people don't like the traffic. They want to drive to one place and um, and stay there all day. Whereas I prefer, I like the variety. I like to move around. I like to see different people. Um, so it's really, it's really kind of what you feel comfortable doing. Absolutely. I think it's interesting just to backtrack a little bit. Um, your mindset is very similar to mine in, in that when you start a new career, no matter what it is, you know, you basically have to pay your dues. And, you know, a lot of times people, you know, when they go into the profession, one of the first questions they ask is, how much money do you make being an ultrasound? Well, you know, there's a wide variety of, of uh, salaries involved, depending upon your experience and how many specialties you know and and uh, uh, what the roles uh, uh, the roles are and the expectations of your, your employer. So, you know, having that experience of working in a hospital and maybe even moving into a private practice, 
um, setting gives you that ability to gain that confidence and the experience level that you need, you know, there's a lot of different career pathways that one can take. That's why we're doing this career spotlight. And all of them have um, different prerequisites that you need to have. And so for someone to anticipate that they're going to finish school and then right away jump into a clinical specialist role or independent sonographer, although it looks like it's all great um, and uh, you can make a lot of money, that's typically not going to be one a role that you're going to be ready for right away. So, uh, you know, I've also started out same as you as in x-ray and then was exposed to ultrasound and kind of worked my way um, through the ranks um, through my my career as well. And one of them involved mobile ultrasound. And although we're probably we're, we plan to speak with someone specifically about mobile, I think it's a, a good thing to talk about now because all of these experiences that you've had um, will position someone to be more successful at becoming an independent sonographer if that's what they choose to do. And I remember when I was in mobile ultrasound, I actually did that after being a clinical specialist with um, one of the equipment manufacturers, and I really enjoyed the travel and the interacting, like you said, um, with other people that independent sonographers had the ability to do, and I didn't want to lose that part of it. So I, I chose to go into mobile afterwards, which is kind of backwards, but um, that is one of the benefits of being an independent sonographer and whether you do it mobile or, or on your own, there are a lot of challenges. Like you said, you had to pull the equipment in and out of the van and into different areas that are, are maybe not conducive to bringing big systems in. You know, today we now have smaller systems that make it a little bit easier to be in that role. Um, but, you know, and there are some independent sonographers that go around, and although they wouldn't nearly necessarily classify themselves as a mobile company, they may have contracts that require them to bring in their own system. And so that's something to consider as well, that depending upon the, um, you know, the, the physician offices or practices that you um, get contracts with, that, that they may require that. So that's that's just something that I think is people need to think about, that there's a lot of different aspects of becoming an independent sonographer. So, you know, maybe you can speak to that on, you know, what the benefits are and the challenges. And, and did you have to kind of sit down and develop maybe a, a personal business plan to help you structure the way that you would um, go about um, marketing yourself even to uh various uh, hospitals or medical facilities, individual practices that might need your services? Yeah, um, I guess for sure I would um, encourage people to get registered first. Obviously, you you know, you can't do this unless you have your registries. Um, most companies will not. It, it, as time has gone on, a lot of companies, it's required now to be registered. So you really have to go, you know, that route first you know, recommend to everybody as, as close to getting out of school as they can to take the registry to, you know, to make it the easiest. Um, as far as I've had a variety over the years. So besides that was kind of my early career with the van and driving around. Um, a lot of my uh, different offers, I guess, or, or inquiries come from from word of mouth. I have a lot of people that, um, you know, refer me to other offices, um, other doctors, um, so pretty much that to me, I really haven't had to do, say, 
too much, you know, like maybe job searching, I guess you would say that way. I've been pretty busy um, as I got married and I had children and I didn't want to work. I mean, sonography is a fantastic career for moms because uh, there are a lot of part-time positions. And that kind of kept me doing the mobile because I could kind of say, they could say, I need you Monday through Friday. And I could tell them, well, I can only work Monday and Tuesday that week. So it allowed me to do a lot to go to my kids' school and see their, you know, performances and their games and do all that. That's, you know, was important to me. I'd rather, um, you know, make maybe a little less money when they're small. And then now that they're in school and they have their own things they're doing, that allows me to, you know, to work more. So I never really... I would say probably after the, in, in the beginning, after I found my first few jobs, when I graduated, I really haven't looked too much. I've, it's been more word of mouth for me. Um, and that's pretty much how I've, how I've, I've found a lot of my offices now. And long term, I, I do work with the company that um, we bring a machine in. And they, it's their own machine. Sometimes the doctors, like you said, have their own machine. So you come in and you might work a half a day or a day for that doctor once a week. They're not busy enough to to have you or have their own um, sonographer. So they look to these to companies or independent sonographers um, for for that reason. So they have their own machine. They just want somebody half a day. Um, so so that's kind of kind of how I've. I've found found my place where I, where I where I'm working in different areas that I'm working. Wonderful. Well, the flexibility, as you said, is definitely where it's at, especially if you're a mom or right. you have other things that kind of pull your attention, and mm-hmm. you need to have a flexible position. So I myself has worked as an independent sonographer, um, as you know, and one of the things that I found is when you're going to all these different environments. You know, you have to be able to get along with a variety of type of people. So, you know, you have to be adaptable. You have to be easygoing, laid back, willing to just kind of roll with the punches. So besides those traits, what other key, um, you know, what other type of key skills or talents do you think somebody should have if they're considering going into um, independent sonography? Um, I, I would say independence, obviously, because again, you, you really don't have anybody to ask questions. You really have to, you know, roll with the punches. At least now, you know, we have, most people have your, your phones that you can look something up if you have a question or an issue. But when I first started, you, you, if you didn't have a book with you, then you were out of luck if there was a question, um, you know, you had a problem and, and nobody to talk to. Um, for sure, good people skills. A, a lot of offices are pretty happy to see me because they see me like once a week. So I'm kind of new, you know, every week and how, how you doing. So I have really good, um, really good offices and um, really nice people. You have to be a people person. You have to be friendly. Um, you know, you have to take care of their space. It's really you're there for a small amount of time. You want to make sure that you, you're, you're cleaning up after yourself. You're taking care of their machine if it's their machine that you're using. Um and, and just really, like I say, really being, I think, a people person. And I'm not a very, I, I can be a shy person. I'm not a huge talker, but I, I do enjoy not having that, um, being with the same people. I like to, you know, meet new people, enjoy talking to new people. Um, so to me, that's that's really what you have to do, like a kind of a sense of adventure. Because if you're too worried about, driving somewhere and then setting up and you're too nervous that you won't know the machine you know that's why you really have to start your your career somewhere where you have help somebody you know at a hospital setting 
get a couple years under your belt, some experience, so you really know what normal is. Like Lori was saying, you, to come out of school and try to to be on your own like that would be a really bad idea. You 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 really have to at least be able to figure out. Wow, that does. You, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I learn something all the time. It's new every day. But you really want to be able to say, "Wow, that that is abnormal," and have and be able to to talk to somebody about what it is. And that's how you learn because if you don't know, and then you send it off and it's red, and you never find out really what that pathology was, then I guess that would be maybe kind of a, a con. You, you don't, you really have to kind of look yourself and make sure you're able to see maybe a report or what the radiologist or cardiologist said about your study, because otherwise you, you might see something and then you never hear back of what it is. So that's kind of a little bit of challenging. I have to remember if I see something abnormal or something I'm not sure, then I want to go back the following week when I'm there and look up that report. Whereas if I worked at a hospital, the next day I could probably look it up. So right. Or speak with your radiologist at the time, yes. your interpreting physician, cardiologist, whoever's right. reading the stuff. And, and that's what you do, you know, when you first start. You're going to be in the hospital setting. You have, and they're, you know, most of them are willing to help you learn. And, you know, a lot of techs are willing to help you learn. But you definitely need that little bit of time before you, you go out on your own. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that a lot, a lot of times people need to recognize that as an independent sonographer, you are providing a service to a medical facility or practice, and you, they're expecting you to take care of their patients in the same manner that they, you know, you know, provide the level of service and quality that they expect. So when you're coming in, you have to have your organizational skills, you have to be detail oriented, and you have to be uh, committed enough that, as you said, that you go in and you follow up and make sure that what you, what your technical impression was actually correlates with the any other diagnostic um, complementary imaging or whatever the case may be, so that you know that you're being accurate. And I think one of the other things um, that I experienced when I was an uh, independent sonographer working at different practices is that you have to have a you do need to have flexibility, you know, although you, one of the benefits is setting your own schedule and you know, you're going to go to this practice on, from this day, from this time to this time, just like in the hospital, there's always going to be that exception to the rule where somebody's late, somebody's bladder's not full, um, somebody needs to get added into the schedule. And so if you have the mindset that you just want to go in, clock in, work your, you know, eight to four thirty shift and leave and let somebody else worry about the next ones, then probably being an independent sonographer is not going to be the right position for you. You know, there's a lot of benefits to being an independent sonographer, but, but as with anything, there's challenges as well. And you have to remember you really, it's your own business. So you are the one who's going to dictate how successful that you're going to be. It's all, you know, based on you. And so, you know, just a, just a couple more things about the challenges because everybody, you know, it, it is kind of a glamorous, oh, I wish I was an independent sonographer position, but, and there are many, many benefits, but there are some challenges as well. And just to kind of, uh, you know, end up with uh, a couple of these, you know, there are things such as your income's not necessarily guaranteed, right? right. You know, there's oh, certain sure. practices you think you're going to get maybe 10 cases a day, but maybe you don't. And right. depending upon how you've set up your, your compensation package, you know, some people charge by the patient, some people charge by the hour, and if you're charging by the patient and they only have two patients that day, well, mm, that's right. probably not going to fit into what you were planning, and there's insurance, and 
liability, right. medical, oh, um, yeah. all those kind of things. So maybe you can just um, highlight a couple of those things that you've um, dealt with. Um, sure. I would I would say with most um, independent sonographers, I guess originally when I worked for the company, they did provide benefits, that original company. But as I work more for myself now, my benefits are through my husband. Um, it's hard to find, uh, you know, as an independent person, you're, it's really impossible unless you want to pay an arm and a leg to, to get your own, you know, health insurance. Um, a lot of the... Um, I would say some of the other challenges would be like Lori talked about pay. Um, depends how, how your offices feel. Like I might call my office a day before and just to check in on the schedule and they'll tell me, well, I have two, there's two people on and you booked half a day with that office. Well, for sure you're, you know, you do have to be flexible. If you're, if you're, this is not for you. If you say I have to earn this much money every week then you need more of a 40-hour-a-week job to make sure that you're bringing that money in. Um, this is, a, to me, a better-paying career to do it, to do the independent sonography. Um, and you can go. Some offices want you to, to book a half a day, eight-hour day. It just depends. Some offices want you to come in to do one patient. You know, it's such a big variety. But that is, you will have to be flexible because one day you might work all day long and you're so busy, and the next day you might have two patients, three patients, so, and it, and it varies, especially in Florida, because we're seasonal. So in the season, when all the snowbirds are here, we're super busy, and they're all getting checkups, and we're working harder, whereas the summer, it's more laid back, and definitely a lot of offices, or they might call you the day before. Even if you say, can you give me some notice, you know, it happens all of a sudden, oh, we forgot ultrasound, we don't have any patients for tomorrow. And then you're off the next day. So it just depends. Like for me, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, yay, I get a day off. <laughs> but a lot of people, if you really are counting on that income, mm -hmm. you know, then that's a struggle. So, um, yeah, so I would say that um, some challenges also would be, um, would be, like I talked about, traffic. If you're not a driver, if you really can't handle just driving around town, you're, you're really not going to want to do this job because I can go – you know, I can go two hours away sometimes if somebody needs me, even sometimes more than that. So I would say that would be something that can be kind of challenging too. You know, a lot like if when snowbirds are here, the traffic's crazy. You spend a lot of time in your car more than you do scanning. Um, as I'm getting older and I feel like my body, you know, after 30 years, I can feel some aches and pains from this, you know, this job. I feel like it works for me because I might drive you know, two hours and do a couple patients instead of doing, you know, 15 patients a day, one after the other. So as I'm getting older, when I was younger, I could do all that. But now that I'm getting older, I don't feel like um, that's too much on my body, being an older sonographer. So to put, throw a little more driving in and a little less scanning is actually is, is actually working better for me at, at this point in my career. Um, so yeah, I would say that I would say about the benefits. Um, you know, you, if you have, like I say, it's perfect. If you have a spouse that gets benefits, then that works great. You, you know, you can be on their benefits while you're, you know, independent. You tend to get paid more then. If you're not, if you don't have benefits, you tend to get more of an hourly rate. Um, and it is true. Lori was right. It could be, like I say, hourly. It could be per patient. It just kind of depends how how each office or place is is set up. So, and, and you have to be your own advocate because, you know, I've had offices that have overloaded me if they say they want to book me for four hours and they think they can put 25 people in that four-hour time frame, 
And you have to be able to really advocate and stand up for yourself and say, no, I'm not, that's not what I'm doing. You really have to, you know, tell them I need 45 minutes or whatever. You know, you're talking about good patient care and you have to have that yourself. Like this isn't about, although I feel it's a great career money wise, I want to make sure I do a good job for my patients. And I would feel terrible if I'm rushing through exams and rushing through speaking with my patients. I like to, you know, talk to them a little bit, get to know them and make them feel comfortable while you're you're, you're doing the ultrasound. So you would have you really have to advocate for yourself and make sure and if if some places aren't right for you then I don't you know I don't stay if they continue to to tell me, you know, they're going to put all these cases on then I just tell them that's not this is not a good fit for me. I'm not going to rush through these exams and 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 rush through these patients. And so you you just have to realize that um you know that you have to stand up for yourself when you're you don't have an HR department that's going to sit there and, and help you. You're the only one that can can really help yourself as an independent sonographer. We've given us some great um, ideas to share with our uh, audience about the benefits and challenges. And there's so many different pathways that people can take in their career in ultrasound, but they all have their their benefits and challenges. And you have to really think through what you want as a person and what you enjoy most and right. what you can tolerate, what you can't right. tolerate and so forth. So sure. that's, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this spotlight is to help people to work their way through it because obviously a lot of people don't even know what options they have available to them. And then, then when they do find out about them, they don't know where to even start. So that's really the reason for doing this, um, yeah, this spotlight. It's a great idea. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We want you to stay tuned for our additional episodes from this and other series. And of course, if you have any suggestions for content, we encourage you to email us at sonographylounge at gmail.com. We also would love to get social with you. So follow us on our Instagram and Twitter. Have a great afternoon. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. And thank you, Melissa. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sonography Lounge. Don't forget, if you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, at Sonography Lounge, and Twitter, at Sonography LNG. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, feel free to send an email to us at sonographylounge at gmail.com. Have a great week and scan, scan, scan.